0: To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, WRFALP.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can
1: call 716-664-2465. You are tuned in to Arts on Fire right here on 107.9 WRFA how you doing out there? I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you. We got another guest for this episode. We're talking to Mitchell Anderson, actor, chef, restaurant owner, Jamestown native. He is bringing his one man show, You Better Call Your Mother, to the Robert H. Jackson Center's Kappa Theater coming up September 15th and 16th. Tickets are available now at brownpapertickets.com. We're going to learn more about, uh, you know, the show and uh, just kind of catch up with Mitchell, talk to him. Mitchell, how you doing? i'm great thank you anthony it's nice to talk to you i've been uh you know i've been looking forward to this i've seen uh you know i've seen advertisements i got the press release for uh, you better call your mother so I've, I've seen a little bit about it but let like tell us a little bit about this let's just you know i mean really start from there what is what is you better call your mother what is this uh show that you're bringing to town here
0: so um In my former life, I was an actor for most of my professional career, or I should say the first 20 years of my professional career. Um, And then I left show business when I was turning 40 and went into the restaurant business and became a chef and owner of a little restaurant in Atlanta called Metro Fresh. So uh, cut to 20 years later, um, uh, 2021, I was a about to be 60 years old and that was just post or really in the middle of the pandemic and if you're in the restaurant business in the pandemic it was very emotional it was very tough and I was over it right so I thought I'm gonna do something outside of the restaurant that's gonna be all about me and bring it back to me and over the years, I had done many plays. I've sung on stage many times. Um, and I've always been fascinated with the cabaret form or the you know sort of the one-man storytelling form. So I decided at the beginning of that year that I would create a show. And at first, I thought it was going to be just a little cabaret with some music and a few little stories. But I went to... Um, I called up a friend of mine who I sort of knew peripherally, um, this woman named Courtney Collins, who also went to Juilliard, and she's a local actress, cabaret artist, vocal coach, amazing woman. And she's, I just to get her advice, and she said, sit down, write down a few songs that you want to sing, write down a few stories you want to tell, and we'll go from there. Well, I sat down and in in the play i say i'm a bit of an overachiever um but what happened was these beats of my life and the story came out very organically so i wrote basically 10 monologues that take place at various points in my life that tell the story of my life um and it turns out looking back at age 60 in the rearview mirror of my life it's been sort of an interesting journey so um i created this little show and it's called you better call your mother because uh in 1996 i was playing a gay character on party of five and uh i went to the the glad media awards in los angeles i was a presenter and everybody And by that time in my life, I had been sort of out to my friends and family and, you know, I was sort of just living my life. But there's a different level of sort of the Hollywood closet. You know, it's all very hush hush. Right. And especially back then in the mid 90s. And um, I one too many people or one too many people from the press asked me, um, what's it like to play a gay character when you're straight? Um, And I just couldn't do that dance anymore. So when I was on stage, uh, I decided spur in the moment to say, look, I play a gay character on this television show, but I'm actually gay. And I say in the play, this is the time. To- this is the moment my life changed forever. And I walked off stage and this guy said, you better call your mother. <laughs> <laughs> because at that moment, um, I sort of, you know, became the face of gay Hollywood. And it was just as the the story was changing. And I was sort of in the beginning of that uh, change of story where people were claiming who they are. And, um, you know, it was, bef- I think, 20 years later, things are a little bit different. But when I was a young leading man actor trying to get television and film roles... You know, everybody told you to shut up about your sexuality and don't don't talk about it, Um, even if you were sort of out to your family.
1: Gee, I mean, that that is definitely you have quite the uh, I mean, powerful story there. I mean, there there's probably a lot to go back through. And I mean, to put this in, you know, in a one man show and put it kind of. In the, in the way that you are going to present it for this. I mean, I'm always kind of interested in this, be it a one-man show, be it someone writing, like, their autobiography or kind of whatever it is where, like, you got to kind of go back through your life. And, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you remember that event quite well. But, I mean, is there is there anything when you're going back and kind of putting this together, be it details of the event or, I mean, just, you know, entire events as, as a whole that, you kind of didn't remember until putting together You Better Call Your Mother. I mean, was there, was there anything like that that, you know, maybe it was in the back of your head all this time, but just you kind of didn't think about it so you're putting this together?
0: Well, you know, what's interesting is I feel like as the play evolved uh, in the writing of it and as the beats came together, it's not so much that there were moments that I didn't remember, but there were moments, say, from my very early childhood when grandma would take me to little theater to see um, uh, some musical like My Fair Lady or Man of La Mancha, or she would take me to Jamestown High School to see the Buffalo Philharmonic play, which sort of taught me about the theater and taught me about music and taught me about art and presentation and her love of the theater transferred to me so as i'm writing this i'm like thinking that basis of what she gave me really set me up for going to college and deciding to be an actor and then going to hollywood and actually making it work and my my love of telling story um so it's those kinds of moments that sort of come back around full circle um, that surprised me a, a little bit, you know, um, that that all of the things that go into making a life are the building blocks that happen. And if you look back at any given moment at, you know, 20, 30, 40, 60, 50, 60 and, and beyond, you see all those little moments.
1: Kind of, kind of going off that actually too. I mean, because you're right. I mean, you're kind of putting your your whole life in there, and you know, you're, you're going back through and looking at it, and piecing it together. I mean, is it is it surreal or overwhelming or anything like that when you kind of again, like, yeah, you know, these things happen, but like you're talking about, like, you start piecing them together. And you really start to see like how much you've done and everything throughout your life. I'm sure eras of your life, different chapters, you know, living different lifetimes and stuff. I mean, was any of that putting it together surreal or overwhelming when you when you do kind of like you just said, you're like putting your whole life kind of out there and really looking at that way. Instead of little bits and pieces, you're really looking at the whole picture.
0: Yeah, it's it's um, it's very surreal um, and it can be quite overwhelming. I've had the opportunity to perform the show uh, in different settings. So I've done it a few times here. I did it in New York City. I did it for my 40th college reunion. And there are, are elements of the storytelling that take place in all of those places. So when I come home to do it at the Jackson Center, it will be incredible to tell the stories about my parents. And the the play really revolves around and and finishes each act with stories about my mom and then then my dad and how my relationship with them changed as i came to terms with my sexuality and as hollywood came to terms with my sexuality and and talking about like at the end of the first act there's a beautiful very challenging scene with my mom um, but it's you know told in a very loving and kind way, but it's it's hard. Um, and it'll be interesting to to do it in Jamestown uh, with her image uh, projected behind me in front of all of these people that will have known her and know my dad and know my family. So yeah, it's super surreal, and it's been it's been an incredible experience because everybody takes away from it, their own story, you know? Um, And in in fact, in the play, I say we all, in families, we all have our own story. And I think that that's so true, but our stories are also related. And, you know, I talk uh, at my age, a lot of people that I know are going through either the loss of their, their parents, it's already happened or it's going to happen. So those, those kinds of emotional transitions are, you know, interesting, challenging, sad, exciting, you know, all of those things. And I think that, that the relatability of my story is, has been really the most fascinating thing by, in the doing of it.
1: You know, being, being originally, uh, you know, from Jamestown, I mean, do you get back here often or is this going to be the uh, first time in a while? Is this kind of a, like, homecoming
0: Honestly, it's the first time since uh, we memorialized my mother. Um, I believe that was seven years ago. So mom and dad are both um, interred at St. Luke's Church. Um, And so we went back to do the memorial service. Father Luke Fodor, who's helped me bring back this play, bring the play to Jamestown. um, uh, He did the services for them. But that's the last time because we don't have. A fa- My brother lives in Buffalo, but other than that, I don't have family in Jamestown anymore. I have lots of old friends and people I consider sort of extended family. But um, yeah, I haven't been back in a while.
1: We'll be we'll be happy to have you back, and a good reason to be coming yeah, back exactly. as well. You know, another another really a thing I want to bring up too. I mean, you also you know on top of doing the one man show, I mean, you, you're really helping. Uh, benefit stuff around here in the area the uh, show's going to help benefit Jamestown Pride as well as the restoration of the uh, AIDS Memorial Park with the performances how did the uh, i mean how did the involvement with all that kind of come together was that a uh, that kind of part of what brought you here to that kind of come after you were coming here you know how did how did that kind of connection come about for those
0: right well i i really wanted to um actually the way it happened is uh, Holly Sullivan, who is a very old family friend. I was—I went to her wedding when I was eight years old. She and Peter, um, it was one of the, those formidable things when you're a little boy and you go to this wedding. And Holly's just a beautiful person. And she's always been very kind. And she f- heard of my show. And she has wanted me to come do it in Jamestown at some point since I wrote it um, a couple years ago. And uh, Father Luke as well thought it would be a really great thing to for me to come home and tell this story um even as it's not always easy it's a beautiful story and it's a loving story but it it has it's a challenging story so it's not that I was hesitant but I was I just wanted to make sure that you know you know, I'm I'm putting myself out there. It's a super raw thing to do to come out and tell your life <laughs> story in front of all your, of your parents, old friends, right? So, um, and then I, I, you know, I have been lucky enough in my life that it's not something that I need to do to make a living, but I, but it's really just for the enjoyment of doing the play, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, to Father Luke, if I come, let, I would do it as a fundraiser for something. And that also helps because then you can get it out to other people's lists and, you know, all that that stuff. So he had the idea and connected, um, he's friends with Stephen Cobb, who is the head of Jamestown Pride. And he had this idea that this little AIDS Memorial pocket park, um, uh, I, I, apparently as the story goes, the this little pocket park had fallen into disrepair. They've repaired and restored the park itself, but the actual uh, memorial, the eighth memorial has not been restored or redone. So <clears throat> what we have, what we decided was it would be cool to begin the process and raise the money to start that sort of whatever public art installation can memorialize those who lost their lives from AIDS.
1: That, I mean, definitely, you know, definitely appreciated, you know, uh, and I'm
0: thrilled to be part of that. You know, that uh, I talk about a lot in the show about being uh, a young man in 1983, headed out to Hollywood, uh, just coming to terms with my sexuality at the same time, everybody was dying of AIDS and so you have these conflicting storylines you know you have this you have the on the one hand the need to own yourself and be out and open and political to get funding and treatment for people who you know got the disease and we're going to die in a minute right but also in my life, trying to be a viable actor in this sort of homophobic world, so so to be part of telling that story and be part of memorializing that time in history is kind of cool. In my hometown, I never I never would have thought that that would be part of my life, which is super cool.
1: I mean, and again, you know, huge credit. Like I mean, like you talked about a second ago too. Very vulnerable you are. I mean, you're putting you're putting your life out there. You're putting you know. Everything it's kind of happened and, you know, thing subject matters that not everybody, I think, would be able to get up there and do something like this. You know, I mean, kudos, kudos to you to, uh, you know, put something like this together and, I mean, vulnerably put yourself out there like this. You know. Yeah. But, <laughs> I was,
0: uh, when I did it um, at my um, college, I went to Williams College and um, I have some amazing friends there and stuff, but I did say it does take – quite a a pair of uh you know what to, um call the alumni office and say hey i got this show i want <laughs> i want to put it on but um but yeah it, it kind of does it takes a huge ego but also you know it does take a um a bit of uh i don't know i just it, it's been such a great experience and i and i do think that people have a a moment you know and and that's what theater good theater does it gives people the time to think about their own lives in relationship to the story that's happening on on stage and i'm thrilled to be going back into the theater to do that to to carry on that sort of legacy and remind myself that you know i like it and and it was something that that was a huge part of my life for so many years. You know, kind and, of, you know, still is.
1: Kind of, uh, you know, because, because you do, you know, you have, you've had success in both worlds. I mean, obviously acting being a part of, a big part of your life as well as, you know, being a chef and a business owner. I mean, which, uh, in my in my head, I'm assuming uh, acting, but I want to know, you know, which which kind of came first for you, the passion of that, you know, were you were you into acting and all of that first or cooking, you know? Well, which-
0: definitely, yeah, um, definitely. When I um, I always did, uh, you know, the high school musicals and the junior high musicals, and I was in acapella, and um, it was, and then I went to college thinking I was going to be a doctor, but that really wasn't going to work. And I did, uh, I always did a theater, one theater class every semester. I was like, this is, this is where my heart is. This is what I want. This is what I'm good at. Then I got into Juilliard and I started my career and, you know, obviously for 20 years, that was what I did. And I was, you know, passionate about it and I was lucky enough to have a pretty good uh, career both you know film television and stage but in my late thirties or um, I just began to feel like the work that I was trying to get was not work that I cared about enough, and it was making me sad um, so I thought. After really, it was after September 11th. Um, exactly uh, about three weeks or two weeks after my 40th birthday, I said, "You know what? I'm done. I'm good. I've I've had a great career. I can do something else." And fortunately, I found in the kitchen a second life that I was good at, and and also equally passionate about. And I've created this kind of amazing little restaurant called Metro Fresh in Midtown Atlanta that has been for 18 years
1: as kind of hub of the community. Um, and I'm super proud of it. That is all, That is awesome. I mean, it's cool to see, you know, being able to have success in both fields and be able, you know, kind of jump around like that. Another thing I was kind of wondering too, I mean, you know, for both industries, the entertainment industry and the, and, you know, like the restaurant industry, I mean, are, are there any similarities or are they two totally different monsters? Well, I don't know.
0: I always talk about storytelling, t- um, telling the story. So in my restaurant, my um, menu changes every single day. Oh, wow. So on, on day one, I knew that I needed to get my menu into people's computers. Like I, I needed them to open the menu and go, oh, I really need to have some gumbo today. Right. So uh, so that's I started this. I started telling the story like every day I would write a tiny little, uh, now they would call it a blog, but back 18 years ago, people didn't really write blogs or, you know, it was before social media before people were posting every little thing. So um, the, the blog, the daily story, the thought Um, is sort of the background of what happens in life while the foreground which is you know the the food and all that comes together and I always thought that food brings people together and fosters conversation and to me that is sort of theater you know that is a sort of theater um and and so I guess you know it 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 was kind of a natural progression, but it's because I kind of took that idea that you could tell stories through food to another level. And I think that also for me, when I was sitting down to write this play, because I write literally every single day, um, my, my writing muscle was pretty well exercised.
1: That's cool. That is, that's kind of neat. I, I, I you know again like I didn't know if there was any like real connections, but it does it does seem like uh you know you're able to apply some of that uh you know the creative side and the entertainment side into the uh, you know cooking side of things.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and the uh, and over the years we've done like special fun nights where we've done like um we did a cabaret of 60s music and we called it Go Go Fresh and everybody dressed in 60s. Uh, And I I did like super fancy gourmet, um, TV dinners. And then we did a fifties night where we called it Flamingo fresh, like the Flamingo hotel in um, Las Vegas. And we sang all like Rat Pack songs and, um, you know, that kind of thing is, is super fun for us. We have, uh, we do karaoke, um, like once a month and the, um, we have a drag queen, uh, a guy who works for me who who has a drag character called Queen si- uh, Siberia the Queen, and she hosts the karaoke and it's you know it's all a show it's all a show.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. It's cool. Yeah. It's it's cool to hear again. Like you know you can still kind of use that uh you know the creative side. You can still be as creative as you want on that side yeah. as well. You know yeah. But uh you know obviously you have you know you got we uh you better call your mother coming up here anything uh I mean anything else you know is is the you, we still got a couple months left in 2023 I mean you got any other projects you're working on or anything else or is this kind of what's uh taking up uh, your time right now
0: Uh this is what's taking my up my time um I've got the two shows next week at the Jackson Center please buy tickets you can go to brownpaper tickets.com and search you better call your mother um uh, and then I'm going to Los Angeles at the end of October to do it a couple of times. Um, and then, you know, in my business, uh, November, December are just, it's just crazy with catering and, you know, so I You're won't busy. have time to do much of anything else. You're busy. You're a very, <laughs> oh, the year's well, busy. no, I should say that I, um, uh, this television show that I'm in on uh, Amazon prime, uh, is it's called After Forever, and season three is going to drop at some point this fall. So, oh nice, keep an eye out for that.
1: So there are it's yeah a lot of a lot going on in the world, and Mitchell uh, Mitchell Anderson, you should uh, keep your eye <laughs> yeah, out right, on. Exactly, but uh, you know, I mean, Mitchell, great talking to you. I mean, as we as we close this out, I mean, have we missed anything? Is there anything else we should let the people know?
0: No, I just hope, um, I do hope that we have a couple full houses. I would love to raise um, a bunch of money for Jamestown Pride and the AIDS uh, Memorial Park. And I do think that, um, you know, even if you don't know who I am or, you you know, you don't know my parents or you don't know my family, um, I think that you'll enjoy the story and I think you'll enjoy the night. And it's always fun to be in the theater.
1: No, absolutely. It'll be a it'll be a great time for a great cause. We got Mitchell Anderson bringing You Better Call Your Mother to the Robert H. Jackson Kappa Theater on September 15th and 16th. Again, tickets are available at brownpapertickets.com. And with that, we're going to close out another episode of Arts on Fire. They always fly right by. Again, I want to thank Mitchell Anderson. I want to thank our guest from earlier in the episode, Joseph Grice. If you want to hear this interview again, if you want to hear the Joseph Grice interview again, go find it on the WRFA SoundCloud page as well as WRFALP.com and I'll be back next week with another one for you until then for Arts on Fire I'm Anthony Merchant thank you so much for listening